Moving along in our 2022 Louisville football position previews, we're going to discuss the wide receivers on this episode of the show. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to this bonus episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. For those who don't know me, and for those who do know me, I'm Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. Shout out to the Locked On for the merch, by the way. I don't know if you can see it, but love the shirt, love the shirt. There is um, a good amount of stuff to talk about on today's episode. Uh, Moving right along in our 2022 Louisville football position previews, we will turn our attention to the wide receiver group today. Um, First, by discussing what a possible depth chart could look like. We will then transition into um, discussing expectations for the newcomers. And then finally, we will identify some possible breakout stars. Um, Starting out with the depth chart. Now, um, it it goes with saying that, um, you know, this is a Louisville wide receiver group that um, it's kind of thin in numbers. I think that there's only, um, you know, eight scholarship wide receivers on the roster. Um, yeah, I think there's only eight, eight scholarship wide receivers. There's five coming in. There were five that departed and there are three that are returning. That's something to focus on this year is you're not only replacing Gunter Brewer, uh, the wide receiver coach, you're also now having to replace some of the starters from last year. Um, Tyler Harrell is at Alabama. Now Justin Marshall is, is at Buffalo. Jordan Watkins is at Mississippi, you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, five of five of the wide receivers on last year's team are no longer on the team. But um, the team did go out and get five new wide receivers, three from the high school ranks and two transfers. Um, so the question now becomes, well, what does the depth chart look like for the Louisville wide receiving core that has a ton to prove? It had a ton to prove last year, had some guys kind of come up through the woodwork and really solidify themselves. Well, now we're kind of back to square one with, with some aspects of it. But I do think that it seems like the starting receiving core is uh, or at least the starting three, if you're considering, you know, the X, Y, and Z depth chart. I think it's pretty, it's cut out, you know, I, I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, you're going to see, I think, Tyler Hudson, the central Arkansas transfer, slide into the uh, starting wide receiver one role. I think that he is bound to have a fantastic season. Um, this really shouldn't surprise anyone, um, you know, an FCS All-American I do think that uh, Hudson will be a starter. Um, you know, Amari Huggins Bruce last season, who you know had a very solid year. Um, you know, especially later on in the season, he was fourth on the team in receiving. You know, the second leading um, receiver coming back. He had 444 receiving yards to go along with four scores. And um, he did that on 29 receptions. So Amari Huggins-Bruce, probably the um, 
you know, one of the starting, maybe the slot, maybe the starting slot receiver. I think Braden Smith comes back and starts in that other position, assuming that he's going to be healthy. I know that he got cleared for some activities. I'm not sure if it was, um, you know, like full on pads and stuff like that. I do apologize for my ignorance, but uh, coming off of that torn ACL that I believe he suffered in the Florida State game last year. I think it was Florida State. Um, regardless, having him back, um, you know, a veteran that knows this offense, has the camaraderie and the chemistry with Malik Cunningham. Uh, and, and like I mentioned, you know, veteran presence in the locker room. I think that it's a no-brainer that he is going to be a, a starter opposite of Tyler Hudson and Amari Huggins-Bruce. The real debate here, in my opinion, becomes who's going to back them up. That is the main question. Now, last year you can argue that Justin Marshall was a starting receiver, which you know pretty much he was. Um, but I don't think that you know his replacement, which a lot of people have kind of called D. Wiggins, uh, Tyler Hud- or Tyler Hudson, uh, Justin Marshall's replacement, because they're both taller receivers. Um, you know, so uh, taller receivers that. Um, you know, do well of getting into that second level of the defense. Um, you know, both kind of have uh, interesting situations where it's like maybe you look for a change of scenery, um, some you know different opportunity to to try to uh, carve out your own production. Um, Justin Marshall really just could never get the production here at Louisville. We wish him the best of luck. Um, it, it seems like both opportunity, you know, maybe lack of targets and stuff like that. Um, but D Wiggins seems to be like the direct replacement to um, Justin Marshall size-wise, and there really aren't a ton of taller receivers, you know, um, you know, outside of, you know, some of the guys coming in from this high school class. But uh, I would assume that D. Wiggins possibly could be Tyler Hudson's backup or the backup to Braden Smith. You're going to see him in certain situations. I know sometimes they go with four wideouts. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to kind of see where Scott Satterfield, Lance Taylor go to in terms of getting D. Wiggins in certain packages and stuff like that. Um, Outside of that, I think that one of the players that maybe kind of gets lost in the sauce, so to speak, when you talk about this group is Josh Johnson. Uh, Johnson had a pretty solid year last year. I know that he's really been battling the injury bug through his career here at Louisville. He had 16 catches for 125 yards and a touchdown last season. Um, really, I think that he impressed whenever his number was called last season when he got targets. I think that he made the most of them. I think he made some big plays too. I think that Josh Johnson is very, very solid depth. I, I really look for him to um, you know, be in this uh, backup role to Amari Huggins-Bruce. And, and uh, certain situations, I think that he's going to get you know some solid snaps. So uh, moving right along, that kind of leaves uh, another spot um, open. I think that in that case, there's there's not much more that you can go to. I think that Jalen Carter, the um, you know walk on that could be on scholarship, he could be a guy that backs up uh, you know one of the X or or um, Z receivers. Um, you could see a guy like Chance Morrow, the six six freshman from Charlotte, um, who the staff is high on, and you know Chris Bell. Uh, who who uh, was a late signee that you know could be into that mix and also four star wide receiver uh, Devon Mortimer from the same class. You know you have three freshmen that can be competing for some backup spots, uh, second and third strings. Um, it, it's really hard to um, you know kind of depict where you know the certain receivers are going to be playing, but there's going to be you know 
solid opportunity because at the end of the day, like last season, well, there's a lot of competition to be had in the wide receivers room. Um, you know, you have guys like Braden Smith uh, and Amari Huggins-Bruce that have proven themselves in this offense, but at the end of the day, uh, Amari Huggins-Bruce is going to be relied upon to have a bigger role. You have... Um, you know, you have um, Braden Smith, but he's coming off of injury. So it's going to be interesting to see, is he going to be able to come back full strength? Is it going to take him some time to get acclimated back in the offense? Is there going to be some rust that needs to be shaken off? Is Tyler Hudson the real deal? Yes, we talk about his accomplishments at the FCS level, but obviously that has to translate over into Power 5 football. There's a lot of questions that we have to answer. Um, you know, what does D Wiggins bring to this wide receiving room? Is he going to be, you know, a guy that they try to rely on early on because he's a veteran presence that's played a lot of power five football? You know, it's, there's some, there's a, you know, it seems like four of the eight receivers on this, you know, in the wide receiving committee right now, or four of the nine, if you want to include Jalen Carter, don't really have, you know, any power five experience three of them never played a college down and one of them is is an fcs all-american so um you know these are some valid questions that, that it's going to be pretty much one of those okay prove it to me go out there and make the most out of your, of your opportunities and we'll, we'll play the the players that are uh, producing the most so i think you know a depth chart kind of like the running back committee um not so much in, in you know, in the same light of the running backs, because I think that the running back committee is one of those you just have to find carries, and it's hard to do when you have so many you know guys in the backfield that could be a number one running back option. But instead, for this wide receiving committee, it's okay. Who is going to step up to the occasion? Now, that's the big question. So, um, one of the ways to answer that is by discussing the expectations. For the five newcomers, we will discuss those here in just a second after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs, which shout out to the Colorado Avalanche for winning that, and the Major League Baseball season, which is inching closer towards the All-Star break. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores, and it remains the best spot for all of your sports scores overall podcast and news this season. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all the events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen every day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Moving right along, discussing the preview for the wide receiver's position in the long list of this series um the third installment if you haven't checked out already the quarterback position and the running back position addressed in the past couple episodes so be sure to check that out on whatever streaming service you use but moving on into the second segment uh, we did this with the running backs committee which i i really like the format of that show i want to talk about what to expect from the five newcomers this season um the first one and i think this is this is kind of the most important one in terms of uh how it could have implications on the season is Tyler Hudson, and he's kind of the player. It's you know you would assume it is going to have a very solid season because it seems like it's going to translate over. He was a second team AP FCS All American last year. Had sixty two catches, one hundred and or one thousand two hundred and forty two yards. Eight of those being touchdowns. 
Um, apparently, you know, the coaching staff has been very, very, very high on, um, you know, Tyler Hudson's you know, progress in spring ball and in the off season. So I think that really, I think that the writing is on the wall that he may be wide receiver one heading into the fall, heading into off season, uh, fall camp. Um, excuse me. So, and being a veteran guy that's played, you know, college downs, this is a money year for Tyler Hudson. I think that Tyler Hudson can make himself a lot of money this year, even in an offense that runs the ball the majority of the time. That's something that you also have to focus on. And you have to acknowledge when you talk about the expectations for this team or you know, really in specifics to the wide receiving committees, because this is an offense that runs the ball the majority of the time. Not only do you have a lot of mouths to feed in terms of carries in the running backs committee, but you also have one of, if not the most dangerous dual threat quarterback in the country in Malik Cunningham, who had over a thousand yards on the ground last year and 20 rushing touchdowns. That was one more than he had passing touchdowns. So that is something that you have to focus on. Yes, the expectations. Um, this is where, you know, like the running backs committee, you cannot base everything off the statistical aspect of things because it's going to be misleading just because Tyler Hudson might not get 1,250 yards doesn't mean he might not take it the next step forward. Really, for me, it's just him being reliable. Um, you know, passing the eye test, obviously, I think that he has to create separation from power five level defensive backs and, you know, be able to af affect the game. And uh, if, if we're seeing instances to where, you know, his yards per reception is a good amount and, you know, he's being able to find the end zone, that's something that, um, you know, I'm very interested to see. I think that overall that's going to be an instance to where, hey, at the end of the day, he's going to be relied upon to be a big um, force on this team. Another guy is Miami transfer D Wiggins. That's some, somebody we can't really, um, you know, count on as well. We talk about him, maybe, uh, you know, being a second stream, you know, there's a possibility he may start over Braden Smith. I'm not necessarily sure, uh, due to, uh, Smith's comfort in the system. Um, you know, his, um, familiarity with the, the system that Scott Sadfield runs as well. And quarterback Malik Cunningham, um, Last year um, was kind of an up and down year. Kind of got uh, played over last year, but he had forty. I'm sorry, fifty one catches, six hundred ninety three yards, and seven touchdowns over the past two seasons. Um, and if you want to put a lot of stock into um, him playing Louisville back in 2019, he had uh, three catches but he turned that into 85 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, a big play type potential. I, I think that they probably look at this as a possible upgrade over Justin Marshall, uh, two very similar playing styles. So I think that, uh, you know, D Wiggins is a player that, yeah, we talk about Tyler Hudson. We talk about Amari Huggins, Bruce, Braden Smith, Josh Johnson, and for good reason. But this is a, an instance to where, hey, You've got to focus on D. Wiggins as well because he does have the college experience. He's played in the ACC before, and his experience is going to be relied upon. I think that this could be a big season for D. Wiggins. Um, the main question I have is with Malik Cunningham being a, a quarterback that really operates well in the intermediate throws uh, over the middle, kind of, um, you know, you know, not necessarily you know fitting the skill set that D Wiggins has in terms of being maybe a deep threat. I do think that uh, Wiggins is very very solid in terms of route running. I like his ability to get over the middle, especially with his size. Um, and I think that um, you know it fits um, Lee Cunningham's skill set pretty 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 well. So I I'm interested to see how D Wiggins is used in this offense. Um, the three that are kind of hard to project are the three incoming freshmen. Uh, if the numbers were we're, we're bigger. I, I do think that we we could possibly see some possible red shirts. 
But that's not the case, right? There's currently eight scholarship wide receivers. One goes down and it's like, eh. So maybe one red shirts, maybe. But even then, I think that there's a chance that that red shirt could be burned if if uh, unfortunate injuries were to occur. So, like I said, you kind of have to plan for the unexpected just because you truly never know. Um, th- the staff has pretty much been high on all three of these guys. Chance Morrow is the one that's kind of like, okay, this is interesting. You know, 6'6", um, you know, a guy that had offers from a ton of big-time you know, programs across the country. Uh, he's ranked at, you know, in just inside the top 900, but had a lot of big time offers. 6'6, 185, um, a very, very solid end zone threat, you know, a ton of size. I'm, I'm thinking Seth Dawkins when it comes to uh, Chance Morrow, um, you know, being able to be a guy that might not necessarily the be, be the biggest like speed guy or home run threat, but you, you can't, you know, miss him you know on the deep ball because you know with his size he's he's a matchup nightmare um you know being able to be a solid route runner as well anytime you get inside of the red zone i think that this could be an instance to where you know around the 10 yard line you have to maybe think about putting chance morrow into the game just because of that size with being six six i mean that's you know, you can't teach that size. I, mean, I want to see him add some weight to that 185-pound frame. Uh, ben Souders and the Louisville Strength and Conditioning um, Department has really, really uh, transformed this program over the past couple seasons. Uh, ben Souders in his first season, but overall, you know, the program as a whole it has been very, very solid in that regard. Um, moving right along, Chris Bell is another uh, guy that has gotten a lot of, um, you know, praise from this, uh, you know, from this coaching staff. And he's a player that was recruited, um, you know, kind of under the radar. He's just outside of the top 1,250 best players. He's ranked as the 1,288th best prospect in the class, which is a kind of a lower three-star. Um, but, he was he was a guy that Louisville prioritized late in the winter. Um, you know, had an unofficial visit to Florida State in October. Uh, got an offer from Mississippi State in in October. Um, um, Ole Miss is a place that he visited. I mean, there you know there was a lot of um, you know top interest from some from some programs. You know, especially for a guy that's from the state of Mississippi, six foot two, two hundred and twenty pounds, uh, from Yazoo City, Mississippi, Greenville. Christian school. Um, I love his film. I think that his film is extremely impressive. It, it really, really, um, you know, is wild to me that he's ranked outside of the top 1200 because it seems like his film kind of reminds me a lot of like Des Fitzpatrick vibes. Doesn't do one thing um, that stands out more than others, but just an overall very solid receiver in all aspects. He's a guy that could get some solid playing time. Uh, Devon Mortimer, uh, is a guy that you know, um, you know, kind of a a late addition to the class, uh, a late flip that you know had a lot of people you know surprised. A four star prospect ranked just inside the top three fifty, um, flipped him from Florida State. Um, Andrew Ivins, the Southeast recruiting analyst for twenty four seven Sports, has compared him to Jesus Wilson uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a dangerous return man. Um, has a lot of speed uh, as a state qualifier in the 100 and 200 meter dashes in track. Uh, five foot nine, so kind of like Amari Huggins Bruce 
one of those players that once he touches the ball, I mean, hey, it's a possible house call. Um, you, it would be an instance to where maybe uh, the staff try to u- tries to utilize him early on as a player like a Tutu Atwell, getting him the ball in jet sweeps out in the flat. Um, if any of the freshmen are going to see playing time early, I think that it's probably Devon Mortimer of the three that has the best chance. So ultimately, I think that you're going to see Tyler Hudson and D. Wiggins play some big-time roles, and the three freshmen, Devon Mortimer, Chris Bell, and Chance Morrow, are going to be you know possibly relied upon if um, you know if depth issues occur. So the the real question now becomes: Okay, you have guys that are looking to prove themselves. Who are the possible breakout stars? There are two of them that I want to focus on. We'll talk about them here in just a second. Um, if you are listening to this. Um, obviously, you will hear the uh, implemented advertisements, so um, we'll talk to you in here in just a second. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're not going to hear those advertisements, so just keep that in mind. But heading into the final segment of the show, previewing the wide receiver position for the University of Louisville this upcoming season, Um the question now becomes, who are the possible breakout receivers? Um, number one, I think that this is pretty self-explanatory. Despite only having 444 receiving yards, I think Amari Huggins-Bruce is bound for stardom. The talent is there with the um, you know with you know you know top two maybe amounts in carries you know because you have to consider Marshawn Ford's going to get some you know carries uh, targets. Marshawn Ford's going to get targets. Uh, Tyler Hudson's going to get targets. I think that um, you know Amari Huggins Bruce with his ability we saw it later on in the season and the latter half of the year last season. You know he he can make guys miss at all levels on the field. I'm really, really excited for um, you know how Scott Satterfield and company are going to use him this season. I think that he is the guy that, if I'm talking about one breakout star, it is definitely Amari Huggins Bruce. I could definitely, I could see him kind of filling into that Tyler Harrell role as well. Um, maybe not necessarily just uh, primarily a deep threat, but also you know trying to stretch the field and, and maybe you know kind of being used in a way like Wandell Robinson was used at Kentucky last year. You know, just trying to get him the ball in a handful of different ways, getting him the ball in space. That was the point of emphasis for Scott Satterfield when you tuned into the press conferences. You know, on Mondays uh, throughout the fall last year, was getting the ball to Amari Huggins Bruce in space because you know. Good things you saw. Good things happened when you got Amari Huggins Bruce the ball in space. He is that dynamic, and I think that he's a player that Louisville is really, really going to rely upon to, um, you know, hop into the mix and, and really be the um, the breakout star that the Cardinals are looking for. Um, outside of that, I mean, it's hard to tell. Um, you know, because I I think that if you wanted to go with the popular opinion. I think that Tyler Hudson it would probably be the number one or number one A one B possibility here, but I, I think that you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that you know the writing is on the wall with Hudson. I think that he's already a star, and we are going to see that um, you know translate over from the FCS ranks. Um, in my opinion, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a guy that not a lot of people are talking about here. I think that now you have to you know, view this in its own respect. Because I do think that um, I don't think that he's going to necessarily, you know, maybe be a top three receiver in the, um, you know, in in on the stat sheet. I think that Josh Johnson's going to have one heck of a season. You know, he's a veteran in this group. 
a guy that you know when his number, like I mentioned, when his number was called last year, Josh Johnson made some big time plays. He's a guy that's been in this program. He's got a lot of leadership. Um, you know, Malik Cunningham has a lot of chemistry with him. Um, you know, he's been very, very um, you know, adamant that Josh Johnson is a guy that he trusts. Um, you know, when he's healthy, I mean, the, the sky is the limit, you know, it, hopefully the injury bug is on the, you know, is, is, you know, in the rearview mirror, you know, he's missed a couple seasons here and there for the Cardinals, but you know, it seems like this is a year where, you know, he has the ability to really, really leave his mark and, and, and make some production. And I think that Josh Johnson is going to get his number called, especially early on in the season, because, well, Let's face it, there's a lot of inexperience. You know, five of these guys, five of the eight or five of the nine, have yet to play a single snap here at Louisville. Josh Johnson knows this offense. He's got the chemistry spanning multiple years with Malik Cunningham. So I think that, you know, his number is going to get relied upon a lot. And when, you know, he shows the coaching staff that he can be relied upon, I think he's going to get a good amount of targets. So I, I don't necessarily think he's going to be a starter right away because he's going to be playing behind Amari Huggins Bruce. But I do think that Josh Johnson is primed to be a respective breakout star for the Louisville wide receiver group, possibly an X factor when you consider this uh, group as a whole. So we talked about the depth chart and how it might not necessarily matter because, you know, it depends on who's going to seize the opportunities. Uh, we discussed the expectations for the five newcomers and also kind of explained why Amari Huggins, Bruce, and Josh Johnson are my. Uh, possible breakout stars for this position group. Thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen every day. Be sure to check out Locked On ACC with host Candace Cooper. She does a great job of capturing the um, scenery of the ACC as a whole. Does a great job of analyzing all of the teams across the board. So if you want to catch up on some conference news, be sure to check out the Locked On ACC podcast, which is hosted five days a week. Um, you know, throughout the week, like the Lockdown Global Show. But that's going to wrap up this bonus episode of the day. Have a great one. We will see you right back here tomorrow.